This is the Magic Word Podcast.com. Hello, this is Scott Wells for the Magic Word Podcast.com. Let me be one of the first to wish you a happy Valentine's Day. That's not going to be coming until next week on Tuesday, the 14th of February. But I want to thank each and every one of you listeners, friends of the Magic Word, and all of those who support this podcast in so many ways. Thank you very much. You are my special Valentine. Also, I apparently am someone else's special Valentine. I was pleasantly surprised and shocked, and <laughs> I was just I was just really surprised whenever that I found that also this week I happened to have been selected by Nick Lewin uh, in Vanish Magazine in the February. 2023 issue as a recipient of the Valentine Award. He has been doing this for two years now, and the other people who had received the Valentine Award given by Nick Lewin is David Blaine, Jeff Hobson, Colin Cloud, and Connie Boyd, and me. I'm the fifth one. So, gosh, it's kind of like, which of these things doesn't belong? I kind of feel like some of you might remember George Goble. I kind of feel like what he said. I feel like brown shoes with a t- black tuxedo. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, wow. Thank you very much, Nick. This is quite an honor and uh, very surprised. And as I understand it, it's coming with a physical award uh, as well. So I'm kind of looking forward to whatever that certificate or what that's going to be. Apparently, it's designed by the same person who does the certificates and the awards for the Academy of Magical Arts. So anyhow, doubly thrilled and excited and and pleased. So thank you very much, Nick. And thank you, Paul Romani, who is the one who is the editor and publisher also of Vanish Magazine. If you haven't been a subscriber of that magazine, you should look into it. It's really great. This week's episode is brought to you again by the Winter Carnival of Magic, which will be in Pigeon Forge come this March 9th through the 11th. Time is growing short. If you have not yet registered for the convention, you should. If you're just considering it, you might go over to their website and check that out also. Partway through this podcast, we'll chat again with uh, Tom Vorchahan, who will give you a few more details about that and also where to go to get that information that you need. In the meantime, we're going to be speaking this week with Ray Lum, who is the owner of KMD Fabricators. That's Custom Magic Design. Fabricators K, with a K instead of a C. I don't know. Anyhow, so Ray is in Las Vegas and he specializes in fabricating very specific types of ideas and things that magicians will come to him and have a different idea of saying, hey, can you make this? And he was mentored, if you will, and trained by and inspired by uh, Tommy Wonder, who was just amazing with the kinds of things that he developed and he fabricated himself. And he encouraged Ray to go on and uh, make the things that he does. And beyond that, uh, there are other podcasts that Ray has done. I really didn't want to kind of go down and repave some of the same roads that he had already traveled, specifically talking about his interest in martial arts and some of the movies that he was in, as well as his uh, interest in the Marvel Universe and Iron Man and all that. If you want to see our video, we did record something. This this uh, particular conversation was recorded via Zoom, and I posted it on YouTube. And so for those of you who might be more visually inclined, if you go to our website at themagicwordpodcast.com, there you will find the link to the video, and you can watch us. And you can see in the background his many Marvel things, including a life-size Iron Man 
mannequin or statue he has behind him there as well. Anyhow, this really sticks more to the magic side of him and his building and with a lot of emphasis on uh, Tommy Wonder. So I know there's a lot of information here and background and history that you will learn and enjoy. And if you're thinking about having something made, you might look into uh, uh, this as well. We get started actually talking about a little bit of the controversy that uh, surrounded the gumball machine and which he calls the lumball machine. Apparently it was invented dually by, I, I guess, Joe Given as well as by Ray Lum. And so anyhow, we, we get into that uh, and kind of put that aside from the very get-go. Kind of, okay, let's address the elephant and kind of move on. So we chat about that from the beginning. Well, without spoiling all the rest of it, let's get into it right now. Please welcome my guest this week, Mr. Ray Lum, here on The Magic Word. Today we have an unusual guest, someone who is a builder, and we don't talk with a lot of builders. We have from time to time, we've spoken with Johnny Gone and with Bill Smith and a few other people in the past that are in some of the episodes you can go back and listen to then as well. But here from Las Vegas, I've got Ray Lum with me today with KMD, which is the Custom Magic Fabricators Design and Fabrication Company. And he has a lot, it is custom, all the kind of stuff that he does is just very high end. It's very, it's an exclusive line. Seems like it's like a one-off kind of a thing. The things that I have been seeing that he has created and what he's designed have been for some, exactly that. Some people have some ideas and they will bring it to him and then he builds it. It's not like, okay, I'm going to line up 15 origamis and start building these kinds of things. So anyhow, we're going to get into all of that then and more because he has a very fascinating background as far as his interest in martial arts, in Marvel, the Marvel universe, as well as uh magic and performing as well as of course then designing and manufacturing so please welcome my guest here today mr ray lum hey there ray how are you man oh and how are you doing <laughs> much respect to you and your podcast i love people that's uh bringing magic forward and not backwards i always respect people like that uh as you know i'm a uh big advocate of uh of uh people who who do not uh, bring the art forward. If you look at my Facebook, uh, so people who bring the art forward, Thank I you. really have high respect to them because you know my background was brought up with Tommy Wonder. So right. Right. Well, well, thank you very much. It was, uh, I didn't want to stop you there <laughs> with the glowing compliment. <laughs> that was very nice. I, 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 that's exactly what I'm trying to do, certainly, is to, to uh, bring this forward. So this way that we do have uh, bringing magic into the future and talking with different people about their ideas, because people like you also are bringing magic forward as well. They're not necessarily recreating something that someone else has already done, uh, but doing something that's a little bit better. Oh, you know, now that we're talking about that, there is something, however, I did want to mention. I, I I noticed on the website you've got the gumball machine, uh, which you call the lumball machine. Very clever. Uh, that with that, I, I know of the uh, issues about that being the most ripped off, uh, one of the most ripped off uh, illusions, um, and are sold inexpensively, and uh, and they're not the original. And I know the history of that going back then to Collectors Workshop with uh, Rich Block and Nick Rogerio uh, making that, and of course then uh, with uh, Joe Givens who had done that. And one FISM. Uh, in fact, I was uh, I was there uh, with him at the time whenever that had happened. Uh, so, how did you come about getting that 
bequeathed well, to you. Well, you know, way. I'm glad you brought up that subject because it's, it's a touchy subject that people yeah. really don't know because we didn't have internet, what, in 89? Oh, gosh, that was back in the 80s, exactly. Yeah, because, uh, uh, okay, I was, before I became a builder, uh, building was in back of my mind because of Tommy Wonder. Mm-hmm. Uh, embedded in my mind about building and fabricating. Uh, so I was a big performer and I was traveling. I was illusionist, uh, close-up worker. I I love performing. Uh, I love performing more than fabricating. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I remember back then, uh, 88, 89, I was in Japan. Make a long story short, uh, uh, the promoter took me to a grocery store and uh and I'm a big fan of uh, melon soda, mango soda, and I always want to stock cases of it for my uh, my crew. And and I always want to stock cases when after a show I like to drink it. It's just it's just one of those things I love. To, it makes me happy. Yeah. So and, and keeps me creative. So I went into the store and I saw a wall full of gumball machines and I stopped and and my my juices started flowing. I said. I said, hmm, there's something about that, you know, it just something about a gumball machine. Hmm. And and then uh, my best friend is Tim White. Tim White is the original guy on uh, the Copperfield team before Chris Kenner. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the main guy with Joni Spina. Uh, those are the two of the main uh, people who who really brought Copperfield into the light uh, uh, with all the with all the the storytelling and all that. Well, that was Joni and Tim White. Mm-hmm. So anyways, Tim was good friends with Johnny Thompson. So those two, you know, they're, those two are like geniuses. Uh, of, Very creative. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like Teller. They know yeah. everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I got this idea with this gumball machine and I went back to the room and I picked up the phone. You know, we didn't have cell phones back then. So I picked up the phone, called up Tim White, and I said, hey, Tim, I got this idea uh, with this gumball machine. He goes, you got a method? Well, what's the idea? I go, I don't know. <laughs> but something about a gumball idea. machine just fascinates <laughs> me. He goes, well, that's okay. Well, when not you come up with something and then call me and let me know? And then I'll uh, I'll, I'll see if... if uh, if there's anything that anybody else is doing. So uh, one day I was doing origami on stage. I was pushing it. I remember this vividly. I was pushing it. And next thing you know, boom, idea just struck. It's weird when you're performing, an idea just comes. I don't know if that happened to you, but an idea just popped up and I mm-hmm. froze. Mm-hmm. And I froze and I'm going... And then I'm performing on stage and I froze. I go, oh man, a ring in a gumball machine. I got it. I got it. And so, so I was so happy uh, after the show, I ran back to the room and started taking notes. And I'm going, okay, how am I going to get a ring in a gumball machine? Hmm. So I started uh, telling the promoter, hey, buy all these gumball machines for me. Buy every one because I want to I want to start ripping them apart and see what can I do with with a gumball machine. And if, if a ring's possible uh, to vanish a ring and make it appear in a gumball machine. So eight gumball machines later, um, I got one that's a prototype and, and it was held together with gaff tape. And then right away, you know, I wish back then we had cell phones. I could film it and show Johnny and Tim White. But I called, I called them and I said, 
I said, hey, tell Johnny about this too. Um, I got, I got, the, I got a method where I vanish the ring and it appears in the gumball machine. Great. I'll ask everybody to see if anybody else is doing it. Remember, mm -hmm. this was 88, 89. Okay. So, so he asked Johnny. Johnny said it was a great idea and never seen it. And this is coming from Johnny Thompson, right? right. He's he, seen most everything, right? Yeah, he's seen everything. And then Tim White uh, left a message. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. Oh, you should know. We're, uh, yeah, you, you were from that generation, too, like me. Uh, you go back to the hotel, you get a slip of paper, and that's your message, right? That's right. <laughs> and then, then I go, ooh, look, it's a message from Johnny Thompson and Tim White. And I'm reading it. It goes, nobody has a method with a gumball machine. Nobody's performing it with a gumball machine. That never existed. So and then uh, Tim wrote, Johnny will love to see your method. I remember that vividly, right? Yeah. So I wish I filmed it, but I took notes and I wrote it down and I, and I sent it to them. Uh, a couple of weeks later, I was still touring over in Japan and, uh, and I got the message saying, oh, that's a great idea. And, uh, and uh, Johnny said, oh, man, this is great. This is great. And uh, Tim goes, hey, you know, um, you should start selling these things. And, and so uh, so one day I was performing in Japan and uh, and all these magicians were in the audience. And uh, I had all these bases and all these illusions. And, and next thing you know, all these magicians came up after the show and said, you know, this is some great stuff. I go, oh, thank you. Um, I go, no, uh, uh, the gumball machine. I'm, I'm, I'm really I'm really lost. Uh, and I do a lot of sleeving. So, so the method was part, uh, uh, was the sleeving, you know, a lot of uh -huh. sleeving to get to point A to point B. Uh, so, so they said, uh, I don't know where, where, how you got that ring in that gumball machine, but boy. And then this one guy started taking, I forgot his name, uh, illusionist in, in Japan. He started taking out his money. He's going like this. Here, $3,000. I want to buy that from you. I'm going, hmm, maybe Tim White is right. Maybe I should sell it. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, I sold uh, a prototype to one guy. And I, I was kind of and I was kind of uh, embarrassed because I don't like selling prototypes. It was half finished. And I was a builder back then. So I didn't want to sell a prototype. Uh, but I sold it because the guy was just so uh, excited for it. And then next thing you know, he used it. And you know how, how a wire a wild, wildfire start, right? You, you just throw a match in the, in the forest, right. you know, and then all of a sudden it's a wildfire. That's what happened with the gumball machine. Next thing you know, one person asked, another person asked. So next thing you know, um, I said, all right, uh, I released it to Hocus Pocus uh, in 89. Um, and then, uh, Tim White called me, uh, when I was still touring and, um, and then he said, Oh, uh, some guy used it at FISM. Uh, Hey, congratulations. Uh, and I go, wow, that's cool. That's cool. And then, uh, find out it was the other guy that, uh, but, but I, I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I can't really point. Uh, a lot of people said he did knock it off, but then after seeing the his version, it's my first version mm -hmm. that that I failed, and mm -hmm. and I said, 
I said, that couldn't work. That wouldn't go over. But but he used the first version that I failed that that I threw away, which is kind of weird. And and then then he's calling me a knockoff. I'm going, well, you see, back then you can't really do because there's no social media, right? Right. I can't I can't really say oh you know you can't hey, show the provenance of that because you didn't have it recorded or anything at the time exactly who knows maybe he did come up with 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 that version when i was touring uh but hey who knows who maybe he's seen it and then right. he said oh, okay let me let me make my ver- i don't know because it was 80 89 88 and but hey i know this much Johnny and Tim White seen it and they they seen everything. Well, so, did David Copperfield ever use it then in his early shows? I no, mean, no, he he liked it, but he just he blew it off because hmm. Tim White wanted them to, to use it and he showed it to him. He goes, Yeah, it's clever. That's all he said. Yeah, yeah it's clever. <laughs> but and so eventually, I guess, did this uh, fella sell that then to the collector's workshop or how did they? Well, I don't know how uh, that was. Uh, that was their fight, uh, but I was because I was still in Asia touring, so yeah. so I didn't know. And then collectors came out with their version, and I know Joe. Uh, I mean, I know uh, 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 it was in a book uh, by uh, what's his name? Uh, there's a guy. The guy came up with a different version of of an ungimmick machine in a book, Lifesavers. Uh, oh, Michael Weber. Yeah, Michael Weber. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know, you know, uh, in the States, I don't know who, what was going on. And mm-hmm. I knew when I came back, Collectors Workshop uh, had their version. So it was a, it was a quite a mess. And then, uh, but hey, who knows? Uh, but I'm always like the guy that's always try to be legit with everybody, sure. you know, because I was close to Johnny Thompson. I was close to uh, Tim White. And, and now, you know, that's why I get all these rights from every uh, builder, like mm-hmm. Tim Cole, Mark, uh, Mark Kalen on all the, all the illusions, because I'm a, I try, I try to be the uh, right. most honest person, but you know, some people think they're honest, but they're not honest, right? So right. I, I'm not going to name no people and all yeah, that, but, yeah. but I try to fight the good fight by by exposing bad people and and good and then uh, uh, sticking with the good. Well, so. that was kind of where I was going, I guess, with that is just a, uh, I, I I know that you are very conscientious about making sure that you're doing the right thing, and uh, if there are some rights to be purchased, that you would. Uh, but then, whenever you're making things, you're fabricating pretty much everything from scratch, rather than buying some hinges or whatever. Even you know, I mean, you're making all these things than than yourself. And so, I I do recall uh, talking with both Nick and Rich uh, with collectors many years ago, just in general about some of their kinds of things. What they say that we will pay the right for uh, for manufacturing a product once. And if somebody comes in later and says, hey, I was the originator of that, once that, that starts to become more popular, then they say, well, we've already paid to this guy. You need to kind of argue with him and get your money out of him or whatever said, you know, we, we pay once, but we're not going to get involved in all that you know, legal battle or just battle of words back and forth. Of he said, she said, or I did it and you didn't or mm-hmm. whatever. So that's kind of how that they had approached that. And so uh, from that's what I was saying. I I I I know that it's still being built and uh, being performed, and I love the trick. It's it's really good. And so, mm-hmm. is your method different from the one that uh, that they have, or are they authorizing you to make and sell, or how is that? Well, my method is uh, 
it's on the second ring. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's uh, the same thing with uh, theirs as well. No, theirs is on the third. It's the third. It, oh, pardon me. Okay. Yeah, and 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 they built theirs different. So I mean, um, for collectors, I'm really uh, impressed by when they came out with theirs. I say, I say, mm -hmm. hey, here's something that they came up with their own method. I wasn't mad at that. I was really mad at the at the first guy that won FISM with it uh, because he's like called me a knockoff and and I'm I'm not like I'm not that person uh, I, I'm over here fighting the good fight um, exposing people who knock off stuff and sure and and, and I pay every right uh, with this uh, Angelo's levitation you know everyone that sold it he gets his rights right away uh, yeah. Mark Kalin the spiker he gets his right rights right away uh, I just uh, got Tim Cole's and Andre Cole's rights on his, his stuff. And right away, mm -hmm. the head mover, right away, he gets, before I even build, everybody gets their rights first before I yeah. even build. That's, uh, that's always been my thing. Well, I really jumped way ahead, but that was something that was fascinating to me because I know a little bit of the history about that and some of the people who've been involved with that then along the way. But going back then again, you kind of glossed over quickly of saying uh, that you were a performer and then you started building and yeah, yeah. wondered and people are going, whoa, 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 wait, what? what yeah, happened? yeah, yeah. It starts from the beginning. Huh? <laughs> well, I know. Uh, now, I, I know that you were inspired by Tommy Wonder to begin with when you were a mm -hmm. performer before you, long before you ever got into custom making any kind or designing uh, and, and building all this kind of stuff then as well was tommy somebody that you had seen perform or you had been to his lecture once or how did he first come into your life as far as i mean he's not somebody who let's say was like david copperfield who was on tv all the time so uh, i mean you had to have seen him someplace well uh, interesting story it was uh it was tim white and johnny thompson <laughs> going back to them okay <laughs> yeah you know uh hanging out with them they said you know ray you're becoming in to be just like Tommy Wonder. And I, I was a kid. I didn't know who Tommy Wonder was. And mm -hmm. I said, I said, who is this guy? Who is this guy? He goes, you got to meet him. So so my mission was when he came to the States, I was stalking him. I was literally stalking him. Every lecture, I was there. I was the guy in the back taking notes. I'm going, looking, uh, listening to him. I'm going, oh, my God, this is how I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, his performing performance, uh, his style. I go uh, how he how he loves machining because I love machine because I used to work in a machine shop when I was 15 years old. And I said, "Good heavens, the guy thinks I, I understand him." Yeah. So next thing you know, I was stalking him every every uh, lecture, IBM, SAM. Mm -hmm. uh, every time he comes to the states, and then one day he just came up to me. He goes, "Look, kid." You're here every lecture. I go, Tommy, I can do your lecture. <laughs> and and uh, uh, we became best of friends because cool. uh, he started asking me uh, about stuff. And I say, hey, uh, you know, you're thinking, uh, I think just like you. And then we start hitting it off. And, and then he started testing me. He goes, oh, how would you do this? How would you do that? And um uh, then he went to see my show and he said, you know, you're all right, kid. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think he came out. Uh, this, this is this is a scary thing. You know, you're a kid and then uh, you're doing corporate. Tommy comes out one day and then Channing Pollock uh, came came with uh, uh, 
uh, who's a uh, who's a Channing's best friend that was uh, Lee Grable, uh, uh, Lee Grable, yeah, Norm Lee Grable and Channing came mm-hmm. out uh, because I was good friends with all of them, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and uh, especially Norm. And then Chan- uh, you Lee- lived in Vegas most all of the time. No, no, I lived in uh, California. Okay. Uh, 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 so, uh, but I travel a lot. Uh, so, so uh, yeah, going back to Tommy was crazy because uh, as a kid, you never imagine uh, like like my whole life is just weird because I got thrown into Tommy's uh, circle, right? Mm-hmm. And the Tommy, <laughs> Tommy kept this tight circle. Okay, uh, as you know, I don't know if you know, but Tommy's really grumpy. And then, uh, and he used to say to me, uh, look, see that guy right there? Stay away from him. He's an a-hole. Oh. See that guy right there? I can't stand him. You know, these are the, this is stuff that's the, the, the inner secret stuff that people never hear. No, they don't. Tom- I, I didn't know him uh, certainly uh, at all like you did. I've met him a few times. And uh, in fact, one time I was... Uh, uh, a talent chairman for a convention and the president was saying, I don't care who you get, but make sure Tommy wonders there. Anybody else just said <laughs> all of our budget can go towards him and then everybody else. And so we huh. I did, I reached out and got to, uh, him and got to know him uh, fairly well. And then um, had seen a few of his lectures as well. I remember one time going to uh, London and I just mm-hmm. landed and went straight to the magic circle it was on a Monday. And so mm-hmm. he was lecturing uh, and I just remember I was just wasted. I mean, I had not been sleeping on the plane and I was, I fell asleep during his lecture. And I, whenever I'd open my eyes, I'd look at him and he was talking and looking back at me. It's, it's like, what are you doing here, kid? You know, <laughs> uh, I'm surprised he yell at you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tommy was, uh, when you get to know him really well, he ended up to be like a dad, right? Mm. Uh, he goes, look, kid. He always calls me kid. Look, kid. Right? Oh, I think Johnny Thompson called me a kid, too. <laughs> he goes, look, kid. Um, uh, stay away from this guy. Do this. Do that. Uh, then, uh, uh, and this is the weirdest thing. He he, uh, uh, he knew I was cool, for, cool with uh, uh, Johnny. He knew I was uh-huh. cool with, with Channing and all that. So he he really, like, like latched on to me so because he asked me he asked me this weird question one day it was like a weird question out of the blue he goes look right you did everything in performing close up what do you really want to do that's tommy's yeah that's tommy's uh, attitude he goes what what you really want to do and then you know i was a stupid kid i go i want to be like you and he goes (laughs) really and then he, 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 I remember this vividly. He puts his hand on my shoulder. He goes, look, you want to learn everything? Here's the thing. Go out and work with John Gunn, Bill Smith. Work with everybody. Work with every builder. Mm-hmm. Ooh, wait a minute. You're a performer. They won't let you in. Scrap that. <laughs> so I go, damn, damn. So I'm going, uh, uh, that's a great idea. And then uh, here's the weirdest thing. Tommy was like, I think he's like a god, you know, a magician's god. Because because yeah. somehow or another, with that blessing, I was helping out Tim White on Copperfield stuff. And then next thing you know, I, I, I got a job with uh, with uh, Illusion Projects. 
they they came to the set on on flying when when I was with Tim White. Uh, he goes, "Hey, you you Tim's good friend, huh?" I'm looking for fabricators. Why don't you work with me? Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, working with Delusion Projects, Bill Smith say, hey, why don't you work with me? I go, darn. And, and then next <laughs> thing you know, Mike Michaels goes, hey, why don't you come work with me? I go, oh, okay. And, uh, and, and then helping out EDF in LA. And next thing you know, uh, my, my childhood dream, I, I said to Tommy, uh, out from blue, I go, hey, Tommy, you know what I really want to do is work at Owen Magic Supreme. Mm-hmm. And he, he slapped me, he goes, and he, you know, he, he smokes really heavily, right? Yeah. And he blows smoke in my face. He goes, dream on, kid. And then I said, damn, damn. And next thing you know, Alan Zagorski picked up the phone, called me one day and said, Ray, I heard you're doing some good stuff. I'm going, who's this? Alan Zagorski. He goes, why don't you get your ass up here and work with me? And then, you know, that's that's Alan's attitude, right? I go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a great joke. That's a great joke. Yeah, you got me. You got me. What's up, Alan? He goes, no, I'm not kidding. Why don't you? I heard you're doing some good stuff. I People say you're doing some good work. I want you up here. And I said, are you serious? Come on. Yeah, wow. Next thing you know, I find myself working there for two years, traveling from Vegas on a Sunday and then leaving L.A. on a Friday. So that was my life for two years because I wanted to do it. Right. Because because I said to myself, man, only Magic Supreme, that that is my final destination right there. That's, right. that's all I need to, to complete my my. Circle. Now, when you were working with the other guys, I mean, Bill and Johnny and, and, and Gone and others, uh, were you just there like uh, working on special projects or were you there for like a year or longer or oh, just I kind was of never working, working with, with multiple uh, builders? Oh, well, first, uh, uh, that's the only builder I never worked with was John Gone. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, that, yeah, that's the only builder I, I didn't work with. Uh, but uh, um. No, I was doing everybody's stuff. Uh, Copperfield stuff at Bill Smith's. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Lujan Projects also. I was working at... That, that's what made me dive so you kind of bounce from place to place, kind of helping a little bit on this project and then go over to Bill's and help. Uh, oh, no. Uh, actually, Lujan Project was uh, three, year, three, four years. Okay. Uh, Bill Smith was two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Michaels, one year. Now, how many guys uh, and gals would be working on their crew? Uh, they have like, I, when I've been in some of their illusion factories, they have three or four people who are back there working. So is that uh, Bill's? About, yeah. Uh, Bill's is like, when I was there, like four people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Mike has two. Uh, Owen Magic has one. Uh, Lujan Projects has like eight. Hmm. So I wondered about yeah, that. It was here. Here's the thing. I got what Tommy was trying to say to me. He wanted me to work with everybody. So he, what he's trying to say is take in the good and throw out the bad, sniff everything they're doing and see what's right and wrong. Wow. Um, I learned that. I learned a lot of, you know, being around Tommy, he doesn't even need to say anything that aura of him 
Mm-hmm. You 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 get so much knowledge. It's like a Jedi, you know. Uh, uh, it's it's like if you watch Star Wars, it's like it's like Master Yoda, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, you can absorb you, it osmotically almost. It, it's weird. Tommy was like, there's something about him. He, he's he's so creative. He's like, uh, and then all that just goes on you if you latch on to him because he. Well, yeah, my dad was a martial artist. That's another thing uh, that that he talked about too. Is that if you are next to big masters, uh, uh, my dad was he 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 knew Bruce Lee, so he was mm-hmm. saying that that being around, I got it too when it was when, when my dad was saying. He said, "Yeah, being around Bruce, you know, you feel the energy, you feel the you 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 know so much by him talking." That's how Tommy was, you know. Tommy was like the Bruce Lee of, of magic. The mm-hmm. guy knew everything, and uh, yeah. So uh, uh, one day, what's a trip is like I was a kid. Well, you know, in your eight, I think I was twenty. I think he he gave me the nest of boxes. He shoves it right in front yeah. of me, and I remember that was a prototype because uh, he was talking about making ten of them. Uh, before he passed away, he said, oh, I have 10 of these. I'm going to get ready to really ramp up. And he showed the one that he traveled with was his prototype, the one he used on L&L, the video and all that. That was just mm-hmm. a prototype. It didn't work right. He said, Ray, now you're in this position where you can you can judge and see. Tell me what you think. <laughs> you know, you sit there, you go, man, this is made out of <laughs> of, of fiberglass and in my head i go i would never do it like this i would machine the box right i would machine the whole clock the clock was like wobbly um uh well a lot of things that they had at their disposal i mean that tommy was working with at the time for an example would be wood whereas that you could use other kinds of uh hardened plastics of course now we have 3d printing and there's a lot more things that you can do now that yeah, you couldn't have yeah. just a few short years ago let alone when tommy was still alive and still building stuff back then so there are a lot of things that that you could do that are improved upon uh, certainly i was just talking with a friend of mine who owns a delorean recently mm-hmm. and he was talking about how that they uh, are now replacing parts with the uh, deloreans because they were i guess built back in 1981 and you know there are only mm-hmm. so many of them they're now making the parts out of all stainless steel because a lot of the things that they had made before like the plastics were deteriorating and so Mm -hmm. if they were replacing them with original parts they would still be plastic they would deteriorate so they are now replacing things with stainless steel likewise there are things i know that tommy was using before we were on here i was watching one of your your videos uh, about the nesta boxes where you said that he had originally used wood but then of course due to the the climate and the humidity of where Mm -hmm. you may it might be Mm -hmm. it might expand it wouldn't slide you know just like whatever so you're using different types materials so just the fact that we have new materials now you can greatly improve some of the uh, yeah yeah exactly things true true i wish tommy was alive i could show my my improvement because i took this whole here's the thing tommy when he gave it to me to look at he said he said you know, you should do this. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, yeah, <laughs> because it was so advanced. It's, it's like the most advanced math, right? It's yeah. like, uh, it's like, it's not math one or algebra. It's what trigonometry, right? It's like mm-hmm. so advanced where I look at, it, I go, oh, I can never make this. But then one day 
he kept pushing it. He said, you should make my stuff. And, and he had uh, confidence in you. I think that's another thing is for you to think not, I'm not sure if I can build this and you're kind of lacking a little bit of your own confidence, but someone like that, who would be an inspiration to you to begin with is pushing you to say, yes, you can, you should do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, again, it's like master Yoda saying you can do it. Right. right. And I'm going to go, it's, it's just a funny thing. And it, it, it's like all my, my building is like, mm-hmm. people come to me, oh, you can do it. I go, uh, I don't know. I can't. Uh, and then next thing you know, when I get into it, it's like something takes over and, and then I'm building it. It's like, it's like the head mover. I just finished it and just went out the door just this morning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I said, Oh man, Tim. Is that Cole. an Andre Cole uh, thing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. Andre Cole's. And then, uh, I, I, co- I copy exactly Tim Cole's head box, yeah. which is so advanced because of the angles. And I say, Oh, I can never do this. And then uh, I did it. it. It was just weird. Uh, um, so going back to Tommy's, like, he said, you can do it. You can do it. I go, I don't know. I don't know. So uh, uh, I, I, I read his books, right? He goes, just read the books and my notes and look at it. I go, all right. So I looked at it. I went back to him. I said, uh, this does not make no sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you read the books and you get into it, I mean, I, I'm deep into it, right? Where I read every letter. Yeah, because and, you said there were some secrets in there and he kind of yeah, gave half-truths. Yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody knew that, right? Yeah. And then, so I, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to talk about this. We're going to take a quick break right now for a word from our sponsor, the Winter Carnival of Magic. Right now I have with me Tom Borjahan, who is a co-chairman for the Winter Carnival of Magic that is hosted each year by Ring 58. That's a Knoxville IBM ring. And this is going to be held March 9th through the 11th in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Hey there, Tom. How are you? I'm doing great, Scott. How are you? I'm fantastic, and I'm really looking forward to coming up to the convention. It's just right around the corner. And one of the things that, speaking of right around the corner, the convenience of everything being in one place. Tell me something about the venue where the convention is being held. Well, about a dozen years ago, we moved from Gatlinburg, Tennessee, to Pigeon Forge, and we commandeer the Country Tonight Theater from front to back. So the lobby is the dealer's room with about 12 to 14 dealers. Then we have just gorgeous, gorgeous theater. All the lectures, contests, and shows take place in there. We get all of their staff, all of their professional sound and light guys. Everything's, knock on wood, uh, it, it, it goes without flaw. It's just been a fantastic place. We have a great relationship with the, with the whole team there. Yeah, I, I put it up against any convention going, big or small as close to perfect as I think we can get. I think one of the nice things, of course, holding it there at the country tonight is the fact you have a professional crew because typically it seems like at magic conventions, they're held in hotel banquet halls and the sound and light guys are just some magicians who do this on occasion. Whereas here at country tonight, this is a full-time venue that it goes on 365 days a year and they have professional people who do that as a full-time job. So they know the lights are not going to flicker in the, well, you know, and the reputation gets around. To Scott, you know, I we got Jonathan Neil Brown, I've got Guy Bovley, uh, John Armstrong, Christopher T. Magician, and in talking to all these guys, they've all heard of the Winter Carnival, even though this is their first time to come, they've all heard of it. I think word gets around. It is 
a great convention for them to work it, because the facility, of course, their friendliness are ring 58, but yeah, it's just a great place. And then the hotel is just a, a couple blocks down the road at the Park Grove Inn is the main hotel. And we also have uh, one of our members is the manager at the Red Roof Inn, and he's given us an incredible rate. So if if money's tight or you you don't need a frills hotel, the Red Roof Inn, clean, nice, super guy that's running it, Tony Wilhelm. And so always recommend that. But the evening activities, the late night lounge and the Saturday evening pizza party will all take place at the Park Grove Inn. So we recommend that hotel. Sounds like a lot of fun. And also everything is going to be running like a well-oiled machine because you've been doing it for 48 years. So I know this is going to be great. Just one last thing. And that is, of course, for people wondering where Pigeon Forge is, it is located only about 45 minutes south of Knoxville. So you can fly into Knoxville or Nashville. Also, it's within fairly easy driving distance if you live in the Midwest someplace. So come on over and again, check out the information at the website, wintercarnivalofmagic.com. Tom, thanks very much for being on today. Thank you, buddy. Thanks. Good to see you. And we'll look forward to seeing you in March. You bet. Until then. And now, back to our regularly scheduled podcast episode with Ray Lum. So Tommy looked at me. And he laughed. He was smoking, laughing at me, right? I'm going, well, what's so funny, Tommy? I was like scratching my head. What's so funny? And he goes, so you you, you understand it, huh? He goes, and he hits me. He said, Ray, you know why I wrote my books the way I did? I go, no. no. It's kind of psychotic, I told him, right? And he said, look, Ray, if, if it's, it's in riddles. I go, what? And and this is exactly what he said. I won't quote this, what he said. So uh, um, he said, look, Ray, if people are going to touch my I want them to decipher my riddle. And if they have the balls to build my I want them to solve my I go, oh. So so you, 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 you go, okay. This is Yoda, right? Yeah. He's like, and I'm going, what the hell? So I'm going back and I'm I'm like reading the riddles. I'm going, okay, this is not the measurement. Let's uh so so next thing you know, I started redesigning the whole uh schematics uh and and everything. And I say, okay, this is why it buying. I got it. So next thing you know, that you 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 wonder, Scott, up to now, the history of from Tommy when he first came out with the books and the, the lectures on all the all his stuff mm-hmm. to now, nobody made the Nest of Boxes three. Nobody. Because of that. And uh, they couldn't figure it out. They couldn't figure it out. Yeah. I figured it out. I figured out the cam arm, the clock, and I redid it my way. And did you figure that out with the help of uh, Tommy? In other words, going back to him and saying, is this kind of right? Or kind of having him look over your shoulder? Or you completed it and then took it to him? He he passed away already. Oh, before you finished it, I see. Yeah, yeah. I was was still mapping it out when he passed away. Uh, Okay. uh, I didn't complete until 10 years ago, I think. yeah, 10 years ago. And then all that time, Jeff Hobson was my neighbor. So Jeff was coming over 
looking at because he was a big fan. Yeah. He goes, oh, what did you solve today? Uh, how's it looking? And then uh, that's why Jeff did that uh, that little promo piece for me because he was so excited. He goes, oh, I've never seen this in history that anybody has completed one. And and God, looking at Tommy's and looking at yours, God, we're night and day ago. Oh, here's where Tommy failed. And, you know, I couldn't, you know, if Tommy was alive, I still couldn't bring it to him and say, hey, this is what I want to say to him. I go, hey, Tommy, you know, this is why it bind. This yeah. is where you shouldn't do this. I, honestly, if he was alive, I can't say that to him. I can't say, hey, Tommy, you know, why did you do it this way? This will be better this way, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. Maybe he maybe he will look at me and he'll be impressed and, 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 and not hit me. <laughs> yeah, I not hit you. <laughs> Uh, it does sound like and look like the two of you had a lot in common from the standpoint of not just being a, a builder and a creator and an inventor like that, uh, but also a performer because he was well known at performing and uh, winning a FISM winning uh, performer uh, and, and all over the world. And you had uh, been performing also. Uh, and yours is more, I, you were doing more illusions as opposed to mm-hmm. kind of stand up things that he was doing in one. Uh, well, I started off close up actually. Okay. Uh, actually, uh, my dream is if I did have a show, I would want a show in Vegas with just 50 seats mm-hmm. and, and call it intimate magic. And because uh, I like the challenge of close up, as you know, Scott, you know, sure. uh, taking on people one on one. That's the challenge. Illusion is nothing because. I wouldn't say nothing, but there's a lot to look at. There's a lot going on. It's easy to be misdirected with a larger stage and bigger illusions and dancing girls. It's music, et cetera, as opposed to focus on just your hands. Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, uh, a good friend, uh, Paul Gertner. I Mm. love Paul's style and to see how Paul handles a, a, a room and, and, and it's intimate for each person. Uh, I love that. Uh, mm-hmm. I love and I love performing trade shows. But even he has purchased uh, something and it's a custom uh, item from you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll get on that later, too. Uh, but uh, um, yeah, um, uh, I love I actually love close up more than illusions. I love illusions, but close up is just that challenge. <clears throat> it's just that challenge of 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 afterwards. Uh, it, my thing is when I do corporate. I yeah. go in with my suit and uh, and afterwards they look at me, right? And, and I look like a Kung Fu character, right? Mm-hmm. Came out came out for a Kung Fu movie. And, and then it, this is the funnest thing for me. And and I and I this is a high for me. You always see the CEO like this. With his arms crossed, leaning right. back, yeah. Okay, okay. And then afterwards, <laughs> they're giddy like little kids. Oh, yeah. And they go, you like oh, to see that change. Yeah, yeah and there's nothing go, better than that. Yeah, it, that's that's such a high for me because sure. uh, uh, especially especially now with the Dan's uh, birdcage, which I'm wait, uh, waiting for uh, years to to do because I love because it. I, oh yeah, I was the one who 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 kept bugging Walter. I go, Walter, you know, no matter how much it costs, I would love to own a birdcage. Mm-hmm. And, and and then you know, Walter, he was true to his words, boy. He goes. No, son, I'm gonna take that to my grave. <laughs> and I go, <laughs> I go, darn, darn. And because I see the potential in that. Cause I say, yeah. 
I said, man, if I could do that in trade shows. I don't know that he was looking, Walter Blaney was looking to have that as something he wanted to mass produce and to market widely, but he wanted to have one that was a perfect birdcage for him to use because he uses it so often that yeah, he would yeah. be able then to have all these uh, backups then. And it wasn't mm -hmm. until just before he did pass that he did he was able to perfect that, but that was a long road, as you know, from the research yeah, and development yeah, to yeah. just like his hoop. I mean, there are other kinds of things. Oh, and yeah, he's just had difficulty trying to, to get built. And um, yeah, I've got one of his uh, original ones as well, which I use. And I've, I've been looking for a perfect birdcage for a long time also, and it keeps getting hung up, but his is perfect a hundred percent of the time. I oh, absolutely yeah. love it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's just, uh, it's just that um, not only in, for us magicians to see how how good it is and how mm -hmm. perfect it is it's the lay person seeing that I yes. mean, i do oh, yeah. it every time and that's my opener and then uh uh it's such a great opener i i told walter yep. that I go, walter you you created the the most ultimate opener and the most ultimate um uh, icebreaker right. go, you gotta release it he goes no 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 <laughs> and I, I go man walter why well, I, I would kill for it well uh, it, it was not just the the birdcage but also it was the uh, the holdout or the holder that he was using then oh as well, yeah which yeah, he wouldn't share yeah. with anybody and i have a lot oh, of stories yeah. which i've had on the podcast in the past where he has just said nope in, in fact as close mm. as we were he was saying nope scott he said i just i can't tell you you know yeah. but there's much yeah. other funny stories about about the rest of that but before we go too much further another question that i had had to do with building certainly there are a lot of other builders i mean you know tim clothier and and, and bill smith and others we've mentioned here in vegas and, and elsewhere around mm -hmm. la etc uh and why would someone go to one versus another i mean i'm sure there's a relationship obviously they have let's say like uh you with um uh, Mark Kalin or Tim Cole or whomever, as far as uh, once it's like, hey, I like the way this guy builds. Uh, but why would one go to one versus the other? Is there something that is unique about what you do that someone else doesn't do about why they should be coming to you? Good question. Good question. I love that question. Uh, yeah, when I was working with everybody, I didn't want to start my company yet until I really absorb everything and i think after owen magic was really sealed it where i said you know looking at everybody's work and look at everything uh i'm gonna open my company and mm -hmm. be different so i didn't model after illusion builders illusion companies i model it, just like my show i never modeled my show from from like how other people go oh Let's copy Copperfield. Let's mm -hmm. copy Lance, right? A lot of magicians do that. Right. I don't do that. I I model like my, my show. I model uh, producers like Quentin Tarantino. Uh, uh, cool. Like Kill uh, Bill. Like, <laughs> yeah, Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah. Uh, uh, Stephen Chow. I look at producers and 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 see how they think because it's a different. I think outside the box. And that's how Tommy is, right? So going back to building was the same thing, the same parallel line. I said, you know, I'm not going to follow these builders. You know what I'm going to do is I'm going to follow Lamborghini and Rolex, how they think. You know, Lamborghini would never sell a car under 100,000, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm never going to sell Illusion under 30,000. Mm -hmm. uh, Rolex, right? They'll never discount their watch right. hey this is their price 
This is what you're going to get, a top quality watch, Lamborghini, a top quality car. This is what you're going to get, uh, those its, ands, or buts. And right. the detail is, is, you know, second to none. Right. So I did that. I say, you know what? Nobody has ever, besides Owen Magic, Owen Magic was flawless in their stuff. But I want to take it to a more, take the, the, the illusion building to the modern times where where go beyond what Owen Magic did. You know, uh, Owen Magic was great for the time, the 70s. It was great. Okay. Uh, you can't knock that. Uh, they had their, their run and it was great. Uh, up to now, this it's a collectible now. Well, right. right. It's like uh, uh, PL and Thayer and some others. Exactly. Who- exactly. So, so everybody had their, their time. Well, I want to create my own time where, ah, where, like it, where my thing is detail and more detail, detail and deep over detail. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm into details where it's layers and layers of detail. Uh, if from, for example, a uh, squeeze box, right. Yeah. Uh, nobody ever noticed this. Uh, so when I got the rights to squeeze box, uh, I noticed everybody's building their squeeze box. They're building it really long, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So here's something you don't notice. When you build illusions, you have to build it close up. Like you can walk up to my squeeze box or my uh, fire spiker. It'll look good close up. And it'll look thin as a potato chip. Hmm. So imagine if you take that on stage, on stage, you, it'll look even like even better better mm-hmm. because you're when it's on stage anything looks better right right so so nobody knows the secret is building close up build it close up where it looks good close up and it'll look even 10 times better on stage that's the secret uh and there's also i would think the hardware you would have to use or that you manufacture would have to be something that would withstand the test of multiple performances Oh yeah, yeah. My my stuff is all from ground up because I love machining. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll never if I if I cannot buy anything off the shelf. Uh, I found that fascinating watching one of the videos there with Jeff, in which you had developed and uh, manufactured and machined. I guess even the hinges that right down to the very key. <laughs> so oh yeah, behind yeah, the yeah. key, you actually make it your own key. I mean, for this little box and yeah, and, just, I mean, the details are incredible. Yeah, <laughs> and the like, magnet uh, you put yeah. around and you know, uh, stainless steel versus, uh, anyhow. Yeah. It's just very, very well-made and attention to detail is just. Thanks. Like again, layers and layers of detail. And, uh, and I want to do something that no other builder has done. Uh, every builder is doing the same thing. Um, just like performers, right, Scott? It's like, you don't want to be like everybody else. You want to be different. Um, uh, you want to you want to stand out, and that's the problem with people. People are afraid to think outside the box. Yeah. I think Tommy slapped my head so many times to think outside the box, where mm. and not to be afraid. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's what made me. I think that's what made me a great perform. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say great, but but at least at least ahead of everybody of thinking uh, as a performer because Tommy said, well, I remember performing in front of him he said why would you do that i'm going why well it looks weird or what he go no 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 rethink that rethink that move and do it again and so he was like that like like again a jedi right most magicians stop thinking too soon 
Exactly, exactly. Don't, th you know, and another thing is, is magicians think that lay spectator are stupid. They're not. Unfortunately, that's true. They're not. <laughs> they, they, you know, if you happen when you're doing close up, if you happen to flash something and you noticed it and you think, oh, maybe they didn't see it. They saw it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That's why I love perform close up. That's why, like I said, if I have if people ask me, well, what's your dream uh, theater? 50 people. That's my dream theater. Yeah. And, and I'll have it every three times a day, every night. And because well, there are little pocket theaters there around Vegas. I mean, you look at what, uh, what, what Dirk Losander had done and a few others have got some, some nice little showrooms. Yeah. That, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, some yeah. pocket places or little uh, comedy clubs during the afternoon that are whatever. So. Well, I might do what uh, 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 Paul Gertner's doing. Uh, mm -hmm. That's smart. You know, the thing's going for hotel ballrooms and setting up and, and because uh, I think that's and a John great Farquhar's job. got his own place going up in in Canada as well, yeah, which is just yeah. an amazing place. Yeah, hey, you see, that's, that's such a great ch challenge to to have people come in a mm -hmm. small group, and then you just dominated each person, and then right. and then they want uh, how you know you did a good job is they, they say, oh, let's take a picture with you. With mm -hmm, you with mm -hmm. that. And that's how you know if people don't want to take a picture with you, you go, Oh, I failed. <laughs> so <laughs> that's funny. Uh, that's a good point. <laughs> but uh, but I, I love that challenge. And and building a prop, going about the building too, is like it's like performing, you know, you'd never want to fail. So um, um so so that's why I go way and beyond when I build a prop. People mm -hmm. say, oh, you overbuild it. I go, no, you know, you don't, Lamborghini never said I overbuilt the, <laughs> right. the Diablo, right? right? Right. So that's how I think I'm going. Uh, that's why most of my clients are, uh, they really know what they want. Like Ozzy Wynn came uh, before he went on uh, Fool Us. He said, I want the ultimate table. This is what's going to happen. And uh, and I and he goes, every builder I show this to, they, they just laughed and they don't want to do it. I'm going, okay, let me see it. I go, oh, my God, it's a nightmare. <laughs> and then I said, you know, I did it. And uh, and look at that reaction he got on full of us. Uh, Paul Gertner mm -hmm. uh, did the same thing. He showed, showed uh, uh, I guess they always want to sh show to other builders first. And then, and then since, since I'm the, uh, uh, they figure, oh, Ray can solve it at the end. Because. Uh, 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 Doesn't matter if they go someplace else first, as long as they come to you last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. I go, well, why don't you go? Why did you go to those guys first? And, and they laughed at you and they, you just come straight here. And then, but uh, it's funny. Paul said, oh yeah, everybody said they can't build it. I go, oh, let me look at this thing. And, Thanks, you know, yeah, I did it. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a challenge. It, to me, again, it's like having 50 people in a room and challenging myself. It's that's that's my high is taking a prop and say, oh, it's you. they can't do it, huh? Yeah, I'll do it. And uh, well, this goes to also to something that is another one of your passions. We talked about I mentioned briefly the Marvel Universe, and I was just thinking about Iron Man and uh, what you've got uh, as we're looking at you now on the video over here. This uh, you've got a replica a full size of Iron Man standing behind you of thinking a lot like um, uh, the character. What's his name? It's Stark. Tony Stark. Tony Stark. Uh, yeah. Like yeah, Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you're the Tony Stark of magic. You know, yeah, that, that's you know, I mean, you're thinking all the time and you're building yeah. things and and uh, creating. Much. 
<laughs> plus performing yeah. because he's going out and saving the world as well as making all this. And that's what you're doing. You're performing and you're building, you know, you're the Tony Stark of magic, <laughs> but I'm not an alcoholic. <laughs> oh, well, okay. <laughs> there's the upside. Yeah. That's Good. what everybody said. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, pretty much. Um, uh, I wish I had the money uh, start. <laughs> I wish I was a billionaire. Then that that thing would be real back there. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, it, again, it just comes from Tommy. Uh, uh, Tommy just beat the knowledge in you, uh, and I'm glad that Tommy um, uh, really uh, beat the knowledge in me. Uh, Alan Zagorski. Uh, uh, finished it off, uh, giving me the cherry on top where, where he gave uh, Alan Zgorski is a smart man when it comes to wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Lupe is another smart person. Boy, Lupe is amazing. Wood. Amazing. Uh, again, everybody has their, 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 uh, their talents or specialty talents. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, EDF in, in LA, uh, my good friend, Eric, he's great in mechanical, uh, uh, is great on, on boxes and, and complex joints. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, everybody has their, their, their traits, you know, and I try to learn every one of them, but, uh, be, you know, being a close up illusionist and a builder, you try to juggle all three. And then people say, well, God, what's your hobby? I go, well, collecting uh, Marvel stuff. <laughs> you go, God, you found a hob- time for hobby? And yeah. So, well, just oh, like yeah, Chris plus, Kenner collects a lot of stuff also, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Plus, uh, I can't forget, I work out every morning at martial arts. So it's still in martial arts. So Because mm-hmm. you said uh, that your father was really kind of pushing you, wanting to, to get into the more of the martial arts. And he had yeah, all the contacts, yeah. just like you and I have no people in magic. He knew everybody in yeah. that in, in, world mm-hmm. with Jet Lee and with uh bruce lee and everybody else yeah 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 he in there he was a great martial artist he's another uh jedi uh, mm-hmm. that no knew it. he but that was like the johnny thompson of magic or, uh, of, cool. uh, of uh martial, martial arts, arts. Mm-hmm. yeah he 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 just knew everything but uh and i learned off a lot of, off of him uh you know i think a lot of performers should have that discipline as like in martial arts Good just point. a lot of discipline that uh i think shoot don't think about it uh, they should find i agree with you finding something else outside of magic that would be some sort of a discipline of whether it's model building or something that you can focus on exactly. or aside from reading something outside of just magic books and exactly. or whatever uh, to find something else that you can get your mind focused on and have a discipline of some sort and uh yeah also a, a meditation of some way of of, of uh, focusing your mind on yeah, a lot of a lot of these kids now, you know, you know, Scott. Back in the days, we didn't have no YouTube and and <laughs> phones. Man, I had the my first person that I had to not only uh, uh, Tommy Wonder was Lee Grable. I had to yeah. I had to bug him. I had to bug Norm Nielsen. I had to bug all these old timers to like, hey, you know, uh, I need help. Yeah. <laughs> uh, help me with this. Uh, show me a, a, a French drop. It's know? nice that they took the time to be a mentor to you of sorts. Uh, so that way that you became who you are today, which says a lot oh, to yeah. the rest of us of saying you can be inspirational to someone else unbeknownst to you who may go on to become the next Ray Lum or whomever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I think uh, uh, my 
I was lucky, uh, not like these kids now, they, you know, they didn't have a Lee Grable that you can yeah. bug or norm or, or these old well, Lance Burton's pretty handy. I mean, he's been, oh, yeah. he's, retired, yeah, he's been very accessible. And when he goes to magic convention, particularly the IBM international yeah. convention, and he works with the youth program. And so he's accessible to answer questions and, yeah, and, yeah. and whatever, and, and inspiring uh, some youth like that. So that's something that I think people can give mm. back to the community once that you have taken something from it. And so it's great yeah. to see people like that. And what's what's really sad is you see these kids on YouTube uh, exposing exposing stuff. yeah mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's when it's not there to expose to begin with and they shouldn't be doing it second yeah all. exactly and then it's funny it was like these guys are like known people in the industry too it's a damn shame uh, uh, I know what you're talking about <laughs> but what what hey what can you do right uh, we can uh, but but see these guys they didn't have like they didn't have these old timers to come to your corporate show like mm -hmm. uh, like Channing you know Channing came to my corporate show one time that's that's a trip you know yeah. and then then talking to Channing saying saying Channing goes hey you are unique and original I like it and and then and then to see Lee Grable comment on you and then help you out and then you go to Tommy Wonder I think my uh, my thing is like I I was blessed. Yeah, uh, I, I was blessed. Blessed with these old timers uh, helping me out, and and uh, you you know you can't you can't they can't uh, you can't recreate that now, right? You know, a lot of these good people are, are gone, like Norm Nielsen. Norm was like the best. Mm -hmm. uh, Norm was great. You know, I love that guy. He was like my uncle. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, we used to go out for ice cream every uh, week mm. and dinner. So, uh, but, you know, talking with him, Johnny, of course, you know, Johnny Thompson was yeah. like, so, so many the, people knowledge. that have gone yeah. on that have given so much, you know, Billy McComb mm -hmm. is another one, you know, who was just a, oh, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. A, a nicest guy and uh, very caring and sharing and everything, you know, so, mm -hmm. um, yep, it's, um, uh, we ha live in a, in a, lived in a good time, and I think still we are in an, a continuing golden age of magic. Um, mm. And I, I still think I remember Chuck Fain saying to me once when I was, after I was performing, he said, "I loved your performance, but what I love most about your performance is you. I liked you." And I started that was the first time I started thinking, "Huh, it doesn't matter what I do as long as it's how I do it, and I'm putting me into that. It's not the the trick itself." And uh, that was just really inspirational to me and something, you know, I would pass on to uh, others as well. Well, listen, speaking of inspiration, there are a couple of uh, last questions I wanted to ask you, by the way, and something is completely off the record. Very weird. How do you grow your hair the way you do? <laughs> <laughs> used to be longer. Actually. I thought that, now you shave that uh, and then you keep this little thing in the every, back. Or... Every morning I just had to take a mirror and shave it. But how but do you see in the to back longer. to cut to that round place on the back where you keep that what do they call that what is that a cue a cue yeah a cue how do you keep the cue ancient chinese secret <laughs> <laughs> uh you just do it you just shave it and you just how you long just how long has that cue been growing uh ever since uh the movie crouching tiger because my i was an extra on there Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just a quick extra in the village. Uh -huh. uh, make a long story short, that's another story too. I, man, my whole life is like story after story. <laughs> uh, I was hanging out with my dad. And my dad was uh, helping out on the wire team. And uh, I was 
uh, it was a layover. I was visiting my dad and I was going to go um, to Shanghai for a gig. And my gear was just transferring over there. So I went to see my dad. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I was sitting there. I had long, back then I had long hair. And then I just tied it in a in a bun, bun? And put yeah. a chopstick in. So I had long hair, and uh, and uh, the casting agent came and uh, uh, she. This is this is crazy because uh, I was in the area where there's no restroom. It was all you see is bamboo and rice fields. Oh man, that was crazy. I was sitting in the, in this in in a bamboo area, just just watching the filming which is it's not even uh uh it's not even uh spectacular everybody goes oh you know you're on a movie set it's boring as hell Mm. all they do is sit and sit and wait um and uh and cast agent came over and looked at me and said hey you look like you belong in the movie i'm going what are you talking about uh how will we we need some extras but here's the catch yeah, you shave your hair. I'm going, we may I shave my hair. I've been growing this for a long time. Go, no, we'll give you a cue and we'll give you five thousand bucks American money. I go, five thousand bucks. Hey, I can use that for another illusion. <laughs> you know, as magicians, we always think like that, right? Always thinking. Yeah, I can take that to all magic. I go, hmm. Okay. And so next thing you know, I'm sitting there and they're going, the shake gave me a cue. It was a nice one too. Uh-huh. Had more hair. And next thing you know, I was on the set for only a couple of seconds and got my 5,000 bucks, came back uh, or did the show. Next thing you know, hey, that's a good look. That's a good look. So just kept it ever since. So, did you keep getting it smaller and smaller? You said, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. When you grow old, you get, get smaller. <laughs> yeah, I look at Max Maven's uh, the way he had that yeah, widow's yeah. peak to begin with, and it kept going further and further back. You know, yeah, so. that's what happens when you get old. Buddy. <laughs> well, trust me, I understand that then too. Well, this has been marvelous. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. And uh, to close out on this, that my podcast is called the Magic Word Podcast, and I always like to close by asking my guest what it is that your philosophy of life. What is your not necessarily a word, but your your words what would be something that you as a you could pass on to others something you live by what is your chi you know to always be true to yourself and and be true to the industry um yeah uh and then do what's right not wrong How's that? yeah i like that that's a good way to live and, <laughs> and you're certainly living that way as well because uh, you're a good guy Ray, thank you best. very much. This has been wonderful. I appreciate you being a guest here. Thank you, Scott. And uh, keep doing what you're doing because I love what you're doing. Uh, advancing the art. Um, this is great. This is great to see people advancing the art. Uh, and I'm all for, for that. Thank you. I plan on doing this as long as I can. <laughs> I enjoy great. getting an opportunity to talk with people like you and to expanding uh, relationships around the world. So this is great. So thank you again, Ray. I appreciate you being my guest. Thank you, so, Scott. So for the magic word and from Las Vegas, that was Ray Lum. And this is Scotty out.
Thank you very much, Ray, for being my guest this week on The Magic Word. I appreciate your time and uh, words as well. And it was interesting hearing some of the stories about Atomic Wonder as well. Thank you, and uh, good luck with KMD Fabricators. And I also want to thank each of the listeners for many of you who have already entered the contest that we started last week with Terry Ward, who was offering a set of his DVDs or one of his Penguin Lectures. And we've had quite a few people who have already registered uh, or entered the contest, if you will. If you'll just go over to themagicwordpodcast.com, there you will see on last week's episode, podcast blog. That is the one for Terry Ward. And it's also again on this week's blog for the one with Ray Lum will be an application that you could just put in your email address and your name and boom, Bob's your uncle. You're you're entered into the contest. Now, uh, we will be announcing the winner next week because I like to let this run for a couple of weeks. But for those of you who might be listening to this into the far future, you will have already missed the contest. So if you're listening to this after February the 16th of 2023, that uh, link is no longer there and the contest is already passed and you missed that opportunity, which is all the more reason why you should keep up to date with all of these podcasts as they come out. And I do thank all of you listeners for coming and listening. And also, if you subscribe to our pod letter, that way you keep up to date with what's going on from week to week, plus also hearing some great uh, suggestions from, from our archives that are back there as well. So until next week, stay well, get booked, and remember to always do what's right. Don't do what's wrong. (laughs) This is Scotty out.